Good morning. Uh, I think you all can do a little bit better than that, can't we? It's a beautiful spring morning outside. It's a little chilly. Just practical Ohio weather, right? <laughs> uh, hey, let's stand to our feet this morning, and uh, it's good to be in God's house, isn't it? I said it's good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. We are alive and well. We're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to praise. devil has been defeated already this morning. Amen. Let's worship him this morning. Let's go. Let's sing along. Come on. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my Till I met you. Come on, if you know, let's sing. You called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You called my This next part, I know you all heard the song on the radio, and this is your story, this is my story. Let's sing it along, come on. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, but you called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now you're 
Let's give him some praise this morning. thankful for that this morning. Amen.
death could not hold you. The veil tore before God's You silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are yes, they are. the praise of your glory. For you are to life again. You have no confess that I've been a criminal I've stolen your breath and sang my own song Lord I confess that I'm far from innocent these shackles I wear, I bought on my own. The scarlet sins had a crimson cost. You nailed my dead to that old rugged cross, an empty slate. At the empty grave, thank God that stone was rolled away. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I confess that I've been the prodigal made for your house, but walked my own. Okay. 
passage of scripture I'd like to read to you this morning, if that's okay. It comes out of Luke chapter 15. We'll begin on verse 8. If you just want to just want to listen at this moment. It says, verse 11 says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. See, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. But not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out, out to a citizen of that country who would send him to his fields to feed pigs. But he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? But here I am starving to death. I will set out, I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. He, the, the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe. And you put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring me the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, but he is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And so they celebrated. But meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and he asked him, what, what's going on? Your, your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. But the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and he pleaded with him. But he answered his father and he said, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could come celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fat of the calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. How many of you are thankful for the Father coming after us this morning? I see bright crimson robes draped over the ashes, a wide open tomb where there should be a casket. The children are singing and dancing and laughing. The Father is welcoming. This is our homecoming. Roses in bloom, pushed up from the embers. Rivers of tears flow from good times remembered. Families are singing and dancing and laughing. The Father is welcoming. This is our, come on, let's sing. Heaven joins in with the glory sound, and the great cloud of witnesses all oh, yeah. 
Amen, amen, amen. I don't know about you, but man, I'm glad that God came after me when I was lost, when I was in my pit, when I... The times that I turned my back on him, he still was reaching after me, still running, giving signs, giving directions, trying to get my attention. I'm being thankful for God's salvation today. We're so unworthy. But thank you, Father, for, for calling me a son. Thank you for calling us daughters. Thank you for calling us your children. Thank you for loving us this morning. God, we thank you that you are in constant pursuit of your people. The ones that are lost, may they finally be found. May they finally turn their ears and their eyes towards you. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets and Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus over every enemy. Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy Over every enemy And Jesus 
Worship with our praise, God. Would you just come? Because we are speaking your name into existence, dear Jesus. The enemy has no place this morning. The lies that he's trying to set before us has no place, dear God. We want nothing but you. Prepare our hearts, dear God. Give us a sense of remembrance when we were lost in the prodigal. In that glorious moment when we came home. But then give us a hunger to do something about it. To see the prodigals around us, dear God. We love you, Lord. And we're going to declare your name, shouting it from the mountains with every breath that is in us. Your precious holy name, amen. You may be seated. be found, found seek lost, lost be found, found seek lost, we're in our third week of our series lost, and we've been in Luke 15 the whole time, uh, we've been talking about how the sheep were innocently lost and the coin was carelessly lost, and we're going to talk this week about being willingly lost. This morning, as I was looking over the notes that I was so incredibly proud of, <laughs> I had intended to talk to you about the lost son. But God brought it to my attention that the story about the sheep wouldn't have made much sense without the 99, and the story about the coin wouldn't have made much sense uh, if there weren't nine other coins. And that uh, there are three very important characters in this, this piece of Luke 15. I'm actually not going to reread the passage for you. We had Jeremy read it for you. Many of you are very familiar with this, the passage. If you want to uh, bring your phone up or, or stick your thumb in Luke 15, that's, that's, we'll be referring to that text quite a bit. Uh, 
Henry Nouwen said that there were three, three characters in this story and we're always playing one of them. The goal, of course, is to play the role of the father, but it's always the most difficult to play. Sometimes we find ourselves slipping back and forth between one or the other. We, we like the story about the prodigal because we as the church can celebrate our reception of them without having to maybe do so much soul searching on our own. I think an important preface to this message that I want to share with you, if you're all familiar with the passage where Jesus turned and looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. I, I, I've learned that I shouldn't do that in a board meeting to anyone. Is that fair? <laughs> Jesus was talking to Satan and Peter. He wasn't talking to Peter. He had the ability to influence words that Peter was saying and and I think it's important when we look at a passage like this, before we write ourselves off as not being the son that strayed from home or the son that was unhappy that his brother had come home, that we understand that many times those spirits can leak in. The spirit of the son that wandered or the spirit of the son who stayed. And we have to defend against those. If you'll allow me this liberty, which I, I, I think is okay, the, lost, the son that wandered off, the prodigal, and, and a lot of times people say that the other son was prodigal. I'll explain to you here in a little bit why that wasn't the case. But the, the prodigal that wandered off, was the one that truly didn't understand what he had when he was in the presence of God. And I think the one that stayed is in the church. I mean, it's very clear that Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders and showing and speaking to them as the ones, the sheep that stayed behind, the coins that were still secured, and the son that stayed at the house. But perhaps this morning you would just pray and ask God, is there any of the son that wandered in me, and is there any of the son that stayed in me, Lord? And if so, would you expose that in me? Would you cause me to repent? So what I'm going to do, uh, well, I'd call it something like a Holy Spirit audible. <laughs> I've got slides for you on the first son, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the second son. The slides I've got prepared for you are going to help us understand what we experience when we are, we are away from the presence of the Father. In all reality, the son that stayed at home wasn't, didn't recognize the presence of the Father either. He didn't realize what he had. You see, our geographical location doesn't necessarily determine our spiritual location. You can come sit in a church every week and be a thousand miles from God. But when we are away from the presence of the Father, we will exhaust our own resources. We will exhaust our own resources. And again, don't, don't, even get, don't get tied up in being one character or the other. Just ask God to speak you, to you today and say, God, where am I, have I exhibited that behavior in my life? If you find yourself exhausting your own resources, can it really be of God? Matthew 11, Jesus came to the people and he said, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So I think that begs the question, if you feel like your burden is heavy this morning, where is it coming from? Because it can't be coming from God. 
He hasn't asked you to carry something that you're incapable of carrying on your own or at least with his help. And that's what we do. When we ignore the presence of the Father in any situation of our life, we will exhaust our own resources and find ourselves exhausted. An issue with the inheritance that was given is that the Father had originally endowed the resources to the Son in order to expand the territory of the Father. That's why an inheritance was given. If you, if you study the Bible, people are always named by their lineage. Simon Bar-Jonah, Jesus would say. He's saying, son of Jonah. Jesus would have been Jesus Bar-Joseph. He was the son of Joseph. And it, so in those times, the inheritance was given to continually expand the territory of the Father. But instead, the Son chose to see the resources as an opportunity to make a name for himself. You can know that you're living outside of the presence of God if your name is more important than his. In the same way, our Heavenly Father has endowed us with so many privileges and so many resources to expand his kingdom. But very often we expend those resources on ideas that are outside the kingdom. And so those resources continue to be diminished and exhausted. When we're away from the the presence of the Father, we will encounter hardship. We'll encounter hardship when we're away. Uh, It says in, in our text today that when he had spent all, there was a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Let me just shorten this point up for you a little bit. There was a famine in the land, and at the end of our story, we find out that in the father's house, there was still a fatted calf. You'll meet hardship. That's not to say that when you're walking with Christ that there won't be hardship, but when you're in the presence of the father during those hardships, he still has resources enough to make a way through. He knew that he knew the way of his father. He knew that during this famine time that his father had made provisions to get through those difficult times. And because he was now outside of the presence of the father, he didn't have the resources to do what he needed to do. When we're away from the presence of the father, we will entrust ourselves to others. Americans... I can't tell you how much we're in danger because we've entrusted ourselves to others. Scripture says, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And that citizen sent him into the pig pen to feed the swine. Some of you feel trapped today. You can't step away from a job that you know you shouldn't be in because you've allowed yourself to live above your means to such a degree that you're working a job that's unhealthy for you and your family. You might be living with somebody in sexual immorality and feel as though you can't separate even though you feel convicted because financially you're supporting one another. I just recently heard a story of a homosexual couple who had adopted a child together And then one of them came to Christ. Want to try to sort that one out? When we entrust ourselves to others, we put ourselves at the mercy of the one we've entrusted ourselves to. 
Everybody remember stimulus checks? You had a chance when you got some of those to pay some debt off, not go on the extra vacation that you couldn't afford. I'm glad I wasn't here and I don't know your business to know what you did with it. They watched what you did with it so they could find out how much control that would give them. If you continue to receive resources that you have not earned, you will eventually become dependent on the person or the thing who is giving those resources. It's what every addict is dealing with today, believing that that idea is giving life that only the Father can give. I might have skipped a point, I don't know. I have some binoculars here. Probably, just for fun. Let's see. Hank, wake up. Mike, what are you eating, buddy? I think about where I've used these, not much. These are dad's. I don't have any because I don't do things that require them. I guess you'd use them at a baseball game. You used to use them at a baseball game. This is the greatest thing. I, I remember uh, I took my, my boys to a uh, Cavs basketball game when we lived up north. And we had to go to the game. Luke's a, a big Steph Curry fan. We had to go to the game where they were playing Golden State, even though we had worse seats and it was on a school night because they were playing Steph Curry. had to see Steph Curry. So we're in the stadium, and the whole point's being there. And he's like this, staring at the video screen the whole time. <laughs> but in the olden days, <laughs> you would have looked through the binoculars to get a better view of the batter. And uh, you might use these if you're a hunter to, to find that thing. But the whole point was to see something that was far off that you couldn't see with the naked eye. I, I, I don't know that I was ultra creative with this this week, but... I just imagine the father sitting on the porch. You know, in those days, old men weren't supposed to run. It was considered improper. You know, picture them in their big long robes. And I, I don't know if anybody, uh, um, I don't want to make light of anything, but I don't think any of you men in here have worn particularly long robes or dresses or skirts or anything like that of that kind. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in a sack race before, right, where you, like, where you have to hop and stuff. But... He was sitting on the porch with these binoculars. You see, when the sheep was lost innocently, Jesus just left the herd and went and got them. But when we walk away willfully, because he gave us the gift of free will, we've got to take the first step. But if you take the first step, it says the father will jump off the porch. And he'll sprint like a fool, hiking up his robe so he can run faster to get to you. He's there, ready to meet every need. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Father and how big the sacrifice was that he made here in just a second. I read this text probably 10 times in the last month, and this morning for the very first time I saw something fresh and new. Keep paying attention when you read the Bible. Right at the beginning of this text that Jeremy read for us today, 
if you go back and look at that, the younger son asked for his inheritance, right? But the Bible says the father went ahead and gave the inheritance to both. We're talking about the older brother now. This first half of the message, if you're here today and you're lost and you feel like God doesn't have forgiveness or grace or mercy for you, you're dead wrong. And you can make a step today and he's going to be there for you. But there were two lost brothers, not two prodigal sons, there were two lost sons. One would be found and one would remain lost as far as we know. But because we understand the tradition of that time, the older brother got twice as much as the younger brother. So before the younger brother wanders off, the older brother was given two-thirds of the father's property. Right? I, I don't know if you've ever caught that before. Maybe you're a better biblical scholar than I am. But sometimes I feel like somebody tries to relate to the older brother and I say, I get that. I followed the rules and did all this. Like, when all this happened, the older brother was still given double what the younger brother was given. That's what the scripture tells us. And so there's this party. And verse 28 says that he was angry and he didn't go in. Just, I, I mean, quick, real easy summary here. Lost son, repentance, gets saved, right? In our, just our common day terms, gives his life to Jesus. The father is God. The, the son that is lost that stays at home and is unrepentant stays outside of the party. And the party is heaven. The party is heaven. And everybody's there having a good time. He was angry, and he didn't go in. I want you to go ahead right now and just think about whatever you're upset about. And I want you to ask yourself, is it worth not getting into heaven? Is it worth not getting into heaven? I've done everything that you've wanted me to do, Father. Verse 29, he says, and you haven't even given me a goat. Jesus saw in the Pharisees that day, and he sees in the church today, a bunch of people that he has spoiled beyond measure getting upset about a goat. What's the goat in your life? I don't get to whatever. Let me tell you a couple of stories. I'm going to compliment a couple of people. Is that okay? It's, I still, wait, a pastor never wants to do this because everybody else wants to go, well, I did some good stuff too. <laughs> I know. I'll get to you. Whenever the Holy Spirit leads me to, that's when it will happen. But the, this is a story from Cap City, and I want you to hear it because I, want, I, I think it's important that those who lower themselves are raised up by others. I hired... Colton Dutiel, that's the guy that's the worship leader that was playing the bass on the back of the stage today, okay? Some of you may or may not know this. I hired him to lead our small groups. I know. I don't have a good eye, do I? No, I'm kidding. No, like, I'm, I, I, this is, I, I'm just filling you in on the story. I, God told me this was important to share this morning. He left his job being a worship leader at another church he had, he had resigned. This was here. He, he, he was going to be the small group leader. 
And someone told me, hey, if you're going to get together and talk small groups, you should invite Michelle. So I invited Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, we're going to have me and Colton walk into this room. We're getting ready to brainstorm about small groups. And Michelle comes in, and Michelle's got a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> a really good one. And a book and a resource and... I think she's working in children's, hopefully. She'd kill me if she's like, oh, she's right there. Good. Hang in there, Michelle. It'll be okay. I'm, I'm bragging on Colton more than you, so. She doesn't know this. She doesn't know what happened next. I'm about to let her know. Me and Colton walk into the parking lot. Colton's a good friend of mine. I know his spirit. He knows mine. We walk out in the parking lot. I said, dude, you don't want to run small groups. She'll kill you. We've got the right person for small groups, don't we? Give Michelle a hand. Colton's an okay worship leader. I said, will you lead worship for me? He said, yeah, whatever you need. Whatever you need. <laughs> Last fall, me and my brother were talking. This isn't fun. This isn't something fun to say when 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 you're involved yourself. I said, Jacob, you know, if Hope Central merges, you can't be the lead pastor. I said, we really can't be co-lead pastors. I've been at this church for three months. They just voted me in. They have expectations of me to lead right now. If you were listening to Jacob the first few months that he was here, he continually told you a story about how he heard from God. It's not about me. It's not about me and I fully believe right now in this very moment that every one of our people that are leading this church are exactly where they should be but that's only because some people were willing to be okay with the fact that his way was higher than our way that it's all about his glory that it's all about his kingdom but pastor I have a calling I'm so glad you mentioned that, because I want to talk to you about your calling. John the Baptist was called to make way for Jesus Christ. So are you. That's part of your job description as a Christian. And because John the Baptist was called by Jesus, he was given the biggest church in the denomination. He was given the biggest thrive group. He was front and center on the worship team. Jonathan, that's not what it says. We all know what you're doing. He's homeless. Mocked. Made fun of. Imprisoned multiple times. Ultimately beheaded. And this was his calling. I must decrease so that he might increase. That was it. You can have it, church. Like, I really... I, I hope you mean this, I'm not trying to retire at 40 years old, but I humbly do this the weeks that I'm preaching because it's what God has asked me to do it and because you so, uh, I feel humbled by the fact that you decided I'm the one that should do it here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who also gave his life for the gospel message in Nazi Germany under the age of 40, said, when a man, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. 
If you're watching online, it's your first week watching, you might say, what on earth is he talking about when I get into what I'm about to say? I'm just going to shoot straight with you, church. I woke up this morning really early, way earlier than I wanted to be up. It was one of those moments where I knew I was going to get to have a wrestling match with God. And he said, I want you to rebuke the spirit of the older brother in the church. We want new people to teach classes until their class gets bigger than ours. We want new people to sing and be on the praise team until they take our spot. We want new preachers to come along as long as they don't take our turns at the pulpit. We want people to come in, not just in the church, but in work. We want new people to come around. We say we want the lost son, but when the father starts throwing the party, we get ticked off and we hang outside. No amens, I know. (laughs) I didn't expect any this morning. (laughs) We're talking about a goat. What's the goat in your life today, church? What's that thing that's got you sideways and has kept you distracted from celebrating the lost son? You see, the lost son's not just one, isn't just one that went away and didn't repent. Or, or excuse me, that went away and and, uh, lived frivolously. he's, He's the one, she's the one that comes in and steps on our toes is the one that comes in and God t- decides to exalt. I told you at the beginning that Henry Nowen said there were three characters in this story. So let me talk to you for a second about the heart of the father. Because that's our goal. Every single one of us, it's our goal. The heart of the father. Do you have any idea what kind of work it was for him to divide his land? The, lo- the brother that wandered off was a spoiled little brat. And because the older one got twice as much, he was twice as spoiled. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. When you take on the heart of the Father, you won't care what your position is. You won't care about how much honor you're receiving or how much is being bestowed upon another. All you'll care about is that there's more people at the party. That's got to be our heart. The heart of the Father said that he wanted everybody at the party with him. He wants, who, who do you hate so much that you don't want them to be a part of the party? Who are you so angry at that you can't sit next to them at church? If you can't sit next to them in church, you're not going to sit next to them in heaven. I assure you that. You can figure out what the other destination might be. But let me explain to you why I said there were not two prodigal sons here. There was a prodigal son and there was a wayward son. The wayward son actually stayed at home. The prodigal son, I'll give you a definition here. A, defini- a, a dictionary entry of prodigal, one, recklessly extravagant, and number two, having spent everything. That's the first son, right? Recklessly extravagant and having spent everything. There are two prodigals in the story, but the other one is God. The prodigal God was recklessly extravagant in spending everything on you. He was recklessly extravagant. To spend everything on you. I can tell you church that we will not grow. If any part of the spirit of the older brother remains inside of us. 
we can't do it. You've been called to surrender. You've been called to brokenness. You've been called to say, here I am, Lord. Use me however you want, to be, want me to be used. See, the problem that we get into, the source of so much of our anger and our anxiety and our depression is that we try to fit God into our story when we're supposed to be fitting into his too many have used the church as a platform to see how God could make more of them when it's our job to make much of Jesus. That's your job, period, is to make much of Jesus. Whether you're digging a ditch or a CEO or you're on the stage or you're praying at the altar or serving in the children's department, your job, first and foremost, from bottom to top, is to make much of Jesus. And if you're focused on everything, anything else, Whatever the technical side of it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you sing. It doesn't matter how good you preach, how good you teach, how much people like you or don't like you. If, you're not, if your only goal is anything to make other than much of Jesus, it's just not going to work. And so I want you to ask yourself, where in my life have I allowed the spirit of the older brother to sneak in, to sneak back in? To where I've become more focused on what I deserve instead of rejoicing because the party just got a little bit bigger. He sat and ate goat in a corner instead of eating the fatted calf with company. Honestly, church, I believe that there are plenty of people today that are going to hell because they're perfectly okay with eating goat by themselves. But the goal, the desire, what he wants to put in you is to have you at that feast with him. That feast with all the other people that have called him Lord. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea if I've said what I've needed to say by the Holy Spirit this morning, but I've tried to, been, I've tried to be faithful to it. I didn't want to tell you that this morning, church. You're good people and I like you. But the Lord reminded me that if I love you, that I should speak the truth to you. And I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know what it is. But I know that I've been guilty at different times of taking on the role of either brother. And I would say most times I struggle the hardest to be like the father. Do you remember when he tried to ask for forgiveness and the father interrupted him and wouldn't let him stop? I'm afraid most of us, instead of having binoculars, we have a microscope out trying to enlarge the sin and the spots that are on the individual. How many of us can stop other people mid-sentence when they are trying to apologize and say, don't worry about it. I'm just so glad you're here. I'm just so glad you're here that you're back with us. We were so concerned about you. I can't tell you since I've been at Cap City all the beautiful stories that I've seen of people that have just found their way closer and back to Jesus. But if the spirit of the older brother remains in any of us, it makes me wonder if the younger brother didn't wander off because of the way the older brother treated him. I think I'll invite Jeremy to come. I <laughs> I beat up enough on the older brother. <laughs> I want, to, I want to show a little compassion to the, the brother that, that walked away. I think the thing you need to hear the most 
is if you're sitting there going, man, I really want to come back to Jesus. I really want to make the move that he, that he wants me to make, but I have no idea how it's going to work out. The most beautiful part of the story is that as soon as the father saw the first step is that he ran to him. And so if you don't know where to turn, you can know that he's already sitting looking for you. He's already got you in his sights. Biblical scholars say that the father, though it was a far off city, could still see the, the boundary of the city. And that as soon as he saw him take that first step, he sprinted towards him. And there's something about someone running towards us that energizes us as well and causes us to run. You'll find yourself completely, completely engulfed in his love as he wraps his arms around you. You might be concerned because you want to do something for God, but you're afraid of how others, maybe in the church even, will perceive you. Maybe the older brother. I'll just encourage you this morning that the older brother doesn't get to decide who comes to the party. Dad does. And he loves you, and he has compassion for you, and he's willing to take you in. So if you're here today and you're lost, and you're really wondering if God's plan for your life is best, you can know this, that God's worst is better than Satan's best. His worst is better than the world's best. I don't even know why I said that sentence, because it sounds so ridiculous to think that God has a worst. Everything that he has for you is exponentially better than the things of this world. Church, I hope you hear my heart this morning. It's just one of love. I didn't come in with any kind of desire to condemn you or, or to point a finger at you, but I just know this. I know the older brother didn't get to come in. His pride, his anger, his entitlement kept him out of the party. And I just don't want that for anybody. I want everybody to be part of this. I want there to be healing. Church, too much after so long, I'm afraid we read some of these stories and don't think they apply to us anymore. But I love when we sang the song, Run to the Father, last week. That when we sang that song, that the words go, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. It's so easy to take our eyes off the prize. It's so easy for the world to make us, be make us believe that something out there is better. Or for in the church that we deserve better than the one that messed up. But all we like sheep have gone astray. We have all sinned to come short of the glory of God. And so our greatest moments of rejoicing should be when one who is lost is found. When a new person comes into the church and rises up. And we see God using them in a way that they haven't been used before. If you find yourself with the spirit of either brother in you this morning, the Father is welcoming. This can be your homecoming. Will you stand this morning? And I ask you to bow your heads. And if it's appropriate, I would just give you this simple prayer to pray. Sometimes I struggle with being the older brother, worried about my position, worried about my success instead of celebrating all that's going on that God is doing around me. If you look close enough, you might even find that he's done some of it because you've stepped out of the way. The only thing worse this morning than being in that place would be being in that place and not being able to confess it. The story ended there, but we still have time. We can still choose the older brother to come in and celebrate all the goodness. He said, all that I have is yours. Don't trade that for a goat this morning. Don't trade that for a position, for a title, for, don't trade it for anything. Just rest in him.
He's got work for you to do. Keep studying, keep praying, and he will open the door to something new. If he's, if he's stepping you out of some, one thing, it's probably because he's got bigger plans somewhere else for you. But we have to be willing just to lay our lives down in full surrender. Father, I pray this morning that we've been faithful to your Holy Spirit. God, if there's places of pride or anger anywhere in us, God, that you would sweep those away. That we wouldn't trade the kingdom of God for something insignificant. Lord, if there are people here today and they don't know how to get out of the situation they're in, they feel like they're in the pig pen, they're afraid that you would never take them back, help them, God, this morning. Would you lavish them with your love? Would you overwhelm them with your grace? Would you help them to understand that you're a God that loves to be merciful? God, whatever situation we're in this morning, I pray that people would just be obedient and take that next step so that we could all be at the party celebrating together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I've stolen your breath and sang my own song. And Lord, I confess that I'm far from innocent. These shackles I wear, I bought on my own. At a crimson cost You nailed my death to that old rugged cross The empty slate at the empty grave Thank God that stone was rolled away And Lord, I confess That I've been a prodigal Store for your house, but I walked my own roads. But then Jesus came, He tore down my prison walls, and death came to
who you feel is innocently, carelessly, and willingly lost. However God speaks that to you, and commit every day to pray for them. Invite them. Easter's the easiest service of the year to invite people to. Uh, even if they come completely out of obligation, you, come, you get them here and we'll, we'll do the rest from there. But um, do whatever you can to be in prayer. It makes a difference. Uh, so these are available at the Thrive tables that you might check out if you haven't signed up for a Thrive group. Uh, they're at the Welcome Center. I think there's some on the way out, out the door too. But I'm going to invite Pastor Jacob up right now. He's, he's there and uh, we'll let him wrap things up for us today. morning. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, can we just give a round of applause for the service today? It was a wonderful service, wasn't it? As Pastor Jonathan said, everything I am about to say is in the bulletin, so uh, grab one on your way out. Um, as I was standing there, I even checked all the QR codes so if you like to use your phone, the QR codes do work. I checked all those before I got up here to make sure I could speak to that. Um, but here on the back, upcoming events. And so this coming Saturday, this is very important, this coming Saturday, April 1st. This is not an April Fool's Day joke. Uh, we are having a workday at 9 a.m. And so the objective of this workday, um, this coming Saturday, is we want to get everything looking fantastic for Easter the following week. And so we need kind of all hands on deck. We're having mulch dropped off, and so we're going to be spreading mulch. We're going to be uh, trimming bushes. We're going to be doing a lot of landscaping on Saturday, but we're also going to have projects inside the church. Um, uh, Tara told me, she said, make sure people know that we also need a ton of help filling Easter eggs for the Easter egg hunt. And so if you come on Saturday and you say, well, I can't do a lot of physical, manual labor, that's okay. We have plenty of Easter eggs you can fill, but we need all hands on deck. Um, there will be donuts, there will be coffee, um, but we would love to see you. It's a great time to fellowship and take care of the church, but that is Saturday, April 1st, 9 a.m. Also, the youth group is going to a spring retreat in May, which is only about a month away, and so we are doing a fundraiser. And so over at this table right here, and you can't really see it because it's black, but over here at this table, the youth will be there, um, and we are doing a Little Caesars fundraiser. And so let's be honest, we all eat way more pizza than we probably should, right? Maybe it's just me, but I eat it like three times a week minimum. Um, those are just the times my wife knows about. Um, <laughs> but, but we all eat some sort of pizza. This is a pizza fundraiser. It comes with pizza kits, and every, time, every kit that you order goes towards sending one of the kids to the spring retreat. And so there will be a few of the youth group members over there, but we would love your support in sending the youth group to spring retreat in May. Um, also, Easter Sunday, April 9th, is also a baptism Sunday. This is awesome news. I'm so excited to say this. We are, we are baptizing, as of right now, we are baptizing three young men between the ages of 8 and 18 on Easter. All right, that is fantastic news. But we can do way more than three. And so if you feel led to be baptized, the waters are going to be open on Easter, and we would love to be a part of that Easter celebration and get you baptized. And so if you have questions or you feeling led to be baptized, please stop me. I would love to have that conversation with you. Um, 
then in more kind of pressing news, there will be no Wednesday services this coming Wednesday. No Wednesday services. We are taking a break from our Thrive groups for this week, and then next week, uh, which would be April 5th, we will start back up to our Thrive groups. And so we still have the tables out here for Thrive groups, so if you have questions or you want to be a part of a Thrive group, um, feel free to walk over there. We'll have some group leaders over there. But I will say this, as I said, the link, the QR code, takes you directly to our website, which will allow you to go through, see all our different Thrive groups, see who's leading them, and sign up for it. So it's all very, very easy to, to sign up for. And so if you want to be a part of a Thrive group, if you want to get connected, if you want to meet and mingle with people in the church on a more intimate setting, this is your opportunity to do that. And so I would encourage you to be a part of that. Um, other than that, we hope that you have a fantastic week. Uh, if you can, we'll see you Saturday. If not, we'd love to see you next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. All right, God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day.